Hello, welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm looking forward in a week maybe to have a little cooler weather. We got 80s, I think, or high 70s and 95% humidity today. But there's a real shot that we're going to have the early stages of fall hitting us again in a week. As as everyone's familiar with these shows now and is listening to Troop over the years and Henry and David's conversation about weather, you know, David is a smart man. He likes to say he's not. He clearly knows what time of year it is. It is up here in the Northeast. But loves to drop in. Oh, you know, hopefully it'll get down out of the 80s. Meanwhile, it's like 38 maybe today. Up is here. it really? Is it that cold? Yeah, it's, it's been pretty cold the last couple of days. It'll probably get up to like 42. I'm telling day. you, we we are so sick of this, dude. <laughs> we are. It's it's come on. It's December. It's December. You're it's like, give like, me 60 at least. Hell yeah, we would love that. We have like we have fireplaces and fire pits. Like we got some stuff going on. What are you gonna do? Like we could roast a marshmallow without the fucking fire. I was gonna say you ain't doing no fire pit today. Oh, no, I have the sunscreen still every day. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm I'm ready for a change, buddy. I, I hear you. Um, so guys, you know we always have, as Henry has told you, and I've told you before, we have a rundown. We do a show notes of what where we want to go. But sometimes, you know, Thorpe's got ideas, and he came into the studio hot today. He's like, you know, guys, like, if you want to get into the position of, of player projection, then sometimes you got to look ahead to the future. But if you want to know what's going to happen, don't ask me. Read basketball reference or read history books. It's already set in stone. <laughs> and I thought this was hilarious because I was like, oh, boy, what, what person on Twitter got mad at, at David for either saying something not great about their favorite player right, or, right. Or, or what have you? And it's this weird thing. And I want David to get into this, but I think this is fascinating, Coach, because you know, there's this thing with sports where we, and not you and I, but the collective public, and more so than any other industry, we don't respect expertise the way we do in other places, right? And what I mean by that is, although this is happening more and more with the advent of social media and Twitter and people finding their own quote-unquote facts, I would never presume to go into my doctor's office and tell him about his business, right? Because I am not a medical professional. Now, It is my own health, so I have questions, and I will ask questions, but I will defer to his or her expertise, because that is what they do for a living, much like I wouldn't go into a cockpit and tell a pilot, you know, I got some thoughts about flight patterns here. What do I know about that? And in sports, you evaluate players. That is what you do. Yet there are people who are like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just like, but it's sports, and it's this weird thing, because I think it's something that we all see and watch and do. We all think we know or watching, but what you watch when you watch basketball, average fan, is not what David watches when no. he watches basketball. No. So a couple of things. First of all, uh, for people that like to be sarcastic or just mean on Twitter, don't do that. <laughs> it, it, it's it's uh, someone needs to tell them, stop. Like, if you want to raise an issue with me, raise it like a grown up would. If you were in a bar with me, I, I've been in many bars and I, I've had bartenders recognize me. That's always joyous because I'll get half off my teenage or something. Um, yeah, plenty of plenty of fans will come up to me, and we have always great conversations. And I, and very often we'll disagree on their favorite team, and it's very pleasant and fun. But on Twitter, people just think they should just show their ass, and I, I try never to do that. It's it's just I'm 57 going to 58. Uh, I just like some decency in my life, please. So if you don't agree with something I've written. You can express it in a better way. That's one. Two, here's what I did this weekend besides being a a husband and be on the phone a lot with my kids, whatever. I saw four G League games. 
six to eight NBA games, watched a lot of tape on particular players. At seven o'clock this morning, that was over the weekend, mm-hmm. I was studying a little player you may know named Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Yes. For no reason. <laughs> I just really, ah, you know what, I want to I check on how he's scoring his points because mm-hmm. they're killing it. And he's amazing. And we're going to talk about him today. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, you hadn't told me what we were doing. I, I, just, I just thought, oh, and DeMar DeRozan. I was studying him yep. too because mm-hmm. he's amazing. His team sucks. So two guys <laughs> doing well on different teams, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it is for me all the time. When, when someone will say to me, I once said, this is a long time ago, I once had a guy say to me when I was coaching, he said, have you ever thought about playing, a, ever heard of a 2-3 zone? And I had a laugh. Like, are you kidding me? Like, like that's asking like, you know, a, a fisherman, has you ever heard of fish? So this, I told Henry this the other day. This is all I do. Right. I really can't do much of anything else. I watch a lot of basketball. I think a lot about basketball. And it doesn't mean I'm right often or always, certainly. I'm right more often than the average person because this is all I do is think about and study the game. So, Gerard, what got me upset is over the, over the last few days, two different people on Twitter uh, have kind of blasted me for, for tweeting out a, a very positive potential projection on a young player, comparing them to Hall of Fame-level players, which is, I was not comparing them in the sense that they'll be better. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't saying Scotty Barnes when I wrote this a year ago, was going to be better than Magic Johnson. Right. I simply was making a comparison yes. there. Mm-hmm. And to the joy that he plays and the mm-hmm. size and all of that. And, um, and then the other day, I, oh, a few weeks ago, maybe a week ago, I tweeted before Andrew Nemard hit his game-winning three against the Lakers. I just tweeted, I saw the way he was playing and have been seeing it. And I, and I wrote, he's a better passing, bigger version of Kyle Lowry. I didn't say he's me better than Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Nowhere in the tweet. And so... Two different guys blasted me. One of them has since apologized, basically, <laughs> when I said to him, if you just want me to evaluate what's happened, mm-hmm. well, then you're asking me just to be a historian. But that's not what I do. Right. But if you want to just read history, you can go to basketballreference.com. That's <laughs> all there is there. There is no projection. Mm-hmm. There is no recap looking forward. This is what a guy can be. This is just what they've always done. Every player that's ever played mm-hmm. professional basketball in the NBA. And the guy today was same thing. Like, if you just want the history, then don't follow me. Yeah. Follow historians. Yeah. Our job is to project. To me, that's where it gets interesting. And by the way, it's also what management should be doing. Yeah. I, I've said this many times. I thought Steve Kerr fucked up when he acquired Shaq. When I know from inside sources, the Suns were getting beat up defensively when Amari was there five mm-hmm. because they were doubling scoring post, which seems to be, you know, other than Jokic and Embiid, no one really does it. But back then they were, and they were doubling and chasing and, and wearing out. And they wanted to just be the ones wearing you out with their offense and Steve Nash and all of that. And I wrote at ESPN, I thought it was a mistake, that Shaq's a brand name. Yeah. But he is not going to lock up people inside the way, right. even, even when he wasn't a great defender, he could do that. Uh, and so there is some historical perspective that people use, but they should have looked forward. Steve Kerr, he's a much better coach than manager. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking amazing coach. This is what we have to do. I think, I think it's more interesting. And, and quite frankly, there's a fluidity to this game. The, you know, PJ Tucker, I was just telling someone this 20 minutes ago, PJ Tucker was out of the league after mm-hmm. being in the league yep. and went to Israel. Yep. At that moment, did anyone ever think he was going to do anything in the NBA ever? Well, that was over a decade ago. He's still in the league. Now, 
maybe not much longer. He can't score. <laughs> right. But so for everyone listening, I think they probably relatively appreciate our the fact that we're trying to look forward. I think that's what our job is. Yeah. But my job, Henry Abbott wouldn't be interested in partnering with a guy that could just cite history. <laughs> There's not, nothing against that. That's just right. not my level of expertise right. and not the best way to build true hoop. Yeah. My job is to try to look forward and I'm going to be wrong sometimes, but this is part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, what, what's great too about something you said about basketball reference, even basketball references projection tool, which is our hall of fame probability. Yeah. Even that is not looking forward because what it does is look at what you've done in your career right. and match you historically right. against people that play your same position, right? And so have your same numbers, right? right? It doesn't even say what's good, right? Like to, to David's point about projecting. And, you know, look, if, if David was 100% predicting the future, he wouldn't be doing this for a living, okay? No, I'd be in he, Vegas. Right? He'd be a billionaire living somewhere <laughs> yeah, else, right, okay? Right, right. Um, and also keep in mind, folks, and we always bring this up, even though David doesn't, He's really good at what he does. Actual NBA players, not just NBA, like poor players all across the world, but current NBA players that you know very well pay him dollars and cents to actually teach them how to play basketball better. So he kind of knows what he's talking about here, folks, just a little bit. It's, uh, yeah, I, it's, I'm not good at much. I'm, I've worked hard at being good at this. And if you don't work hard, you get run out fast. The game changes all the time. I'm always asking coaches, what are they teaching? What are they saying? What are they doing? Uh, when I'm watching film, and Henry and I talk about this all the time, uh, what's happening that didn't used to be happening? Right now, we started a podcast called Tactics with a new one mm -hmm. coming up here. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why we're doing that is because the game is getting more tactical. We're, we're getting into a flow now where we're seeing more actions, multiple actions being run. The, the, the Houston Rockets, well, Luka Doncic uh, is the exception, uh, stand around and just let one guy cook and don't <laughs> occupy the help defenders. That's right. just going the way of the dodo. Right. Uh, and, and, and I was just telling some, I, I was talking to a player. I was actually messaging a player this morning who's playing a team that's really good with their off ball actions. Mm -hmm. If you, they are trying to occupy you off the ball defensively so that they can get a straight line drive on ball side. You can't fall asleep with off-ball actions because then you're not going to be helping straight line drive on the other side or pick and roll. But on, on the other side, you can't just ball watch because then they'll kill you from the weak side when you help too much and lose sight of the fact of where your man is. This is the, where the game is going. Yeah. And it didn't used to be that way, and it is very much now. And so people like me have to pay attention to that kind of stuff. And because I'm position where I have to counsel players and coaches and executives um, sometimes too, more some more coaches and executives right now you got to just pay attention to what's going on and and uh that's what we're trying to bring the troop is yep. what i'm what i'm not always what i'm seeing sometimes it's first what i'm hearing yep uh and then it'll then i have to watch it you know we're going to write about the pelicans mm -hmm. um i've watched them some but i've heard a lot about them from people that play them mm -hmm. and uh we're seeing some pretty cool things uh, and we'll be writing about it this week Pelicans, not we're, I'm not going to step on that. We'll talk about them briefly. Um, Pelicans, one of the only three teams in the NBA right now, top three in offense and defense, or top two, top ten in offense and defense. They're like top and, six, and they're almost top. They're, well, they, I was going to say it. They're top six, so they're top three in in uh, offense, and they're sixth in defense, or or vice versa. I no, no, no. Really I think they're they're two on defense. Yeah, six on offense. Yeah. In fact, if you add up offensive EPM and defensive EPM, they're the, they're the lowest number. Yeah, yeah. They're, eight, they're at number they're at eight between the two, two and six. I think that's number one. And you said something this morning on our weekly call about mm -hmm. uh, 
their BPI. Like they're oh, they're coming. Yeah. They're, listen, they they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat, and in the and like in the other drum. games, yeah, which is what you do. And yeah. in the other games, it's every game is competitive. Right, they're not getting blown out. Right, so this is this is a team to watch. Listen, I'm not a uh, a, a basketball savant like David, but I said forget the season before anything happened. I was like, why can't New Orleans be what Memphis was last year? They're exactly right. Right. <laughs> and I think, and honestly, to project, so fuck you, all you guys that don't want me projecting, <laughs> I really think that's how I'll probably end up is they're, they're going to be right. They got, they're, they're two games out of first place in the, in the West. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the team that's trailing is really good in Phoenix, but, and they're getting Chris Paul back. But uh, I, I still think they need some seasoning. Yes. They but, do. but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you're, I mean, listen, if their opponents have some injury issues come postseason, they won't need some seasoning. At some point, they're going to run into a more experienced team. I do think it matters, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I pity the fool that thinks that team can't win a championship down the road. Oh, yeah. All the season they get now will just make them spicier later. For sure, and we'll, and we'll definitely get into the Pelicans a little bit. They had quite a, quite a weekend. Um, so we talked about player projection. And, you know, I, I wanted to start today talking about Jalen Brown because mm-hmm. here's somebody who, you know, maybe he both thought, I ah, could be an all-star. Ah, what, you know, they, they weren't really kind of sure, sure what, what was happening. And you see how players can improve and work on their games. Uh, Boston was in Brooklyn um, last night. I was at the game. By the way, his handle has gotten much Way over. better. I'm like, but you just played Being in the tater. finals last year. Yeah. And your dribble was clearly the weak part of your game. Yeah. Clearly you were like, oh, it won't be anymore. And I was like, what is this? When did you work on this? Like, well, <laughs> but hold on, Gerard. So that that's, listen, you just uncovered the answer. <laughs> the answer is, uh, I always say you want to do in practice what you're going to do in games. And you always want to do in games what you practice and you want games to inform the curriculum of your practice. Mm-hmm. That, that is the basis of my methodology, my pro training center. That's it. Those three things. Practice what you're going to do in a game, do in a game that which you practice and have practices inform the curriculum of your practice. Everyone could see Jalen Brown with like a drunken <laughs> dribbler, right? <laughs> so it would have been, he'd been fo- he's no fool, but he would have had to be a fool not to recognize I, I got some game to work on here. It really crystallized it. And nothing beats that more than the microscope of the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you don't need to be a mathematician to do add two plus two. And he did. And yeah, holy God, is he fucking good. Oh, and, and you know, Jason is playing like an all-NBA player. J- uh, yeah, T- Tatum's sure. already top five and all-NBA guy. MVP and level, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But if Jalen Brown is consistently playing an all-NBA, you, uh, when you have two all-NBA wings, you will just sleepwalk the 55 wins because yeah. you're not going to beat that kind of talent night in, night out. It's just too good. All right. After the game, and uh, Jalen Brown had a good game, he said, I am focused on getting us back to the finals. Like, that is my goal right now. And I thought that was such an interesting thing, Coach, because in a November game, uh, or sorry, December game against Brooklyn, it would have been easy to been like, eh, you know, we can come in here and just, you know, we'll just get a win because we're boss and we're playing really well. But Brooklyn was game that game, right? They actually played well defensively, held the number one offense in the lead to 103 points. But Jalen just played with this force. And it seemed like he saw early, hmm, Jason's struggling a little bit, turning the ball over, whatever. It's all right. I got this. And it was really amazing to watch. And they're another team. We talked about Phoenix, how I was like, oh, Sarver and Aiton, all that stuff. I'm worried about you. The Ime thing, right? What a, You didn't know that was coming. All of a sudden, training camp, the day before training camp, yeah, this guy's not our coach anymore. We got a new dude. What? We're trying to go back to the finals. Listen, man, those guys are like, 
they blocked all that out and they're like we are focused on one mission and i was thoroughly impressed not just because they won that game but the mindset and when you watch a player play like not necessarily from what are you doing like with your handle all that but the force and focus i thought he played with last night i was like oh this guy's serious he he means what he says yeah you know phoenix goes 2-0 against milwaukee loses four straight Comebacks and it comes back the next year. I think it won 67 mm-hmm. games. Best record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, man, when you're tagged, either you just kind of fold up or you redouble your efforts. You learned a lot from your losses. And uh, I was definitely wrong in thinking that losing Yudoka would, would impact them mm-hmm. uh, in a negative way. We haven't seen any proof of that that I can see. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Tatum, to me, definitely right top three MVP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Jordan, if I remember right, I think it was in the last dance. He talked about how I mean, listen, I've been read a, I've read a lot about Jordan over the years, so it may not have been the last dance. But he talked about the, the age at which he learned how he could control a game. And you can't control a game with your body without the mind. You you can without the body and with the mind. We see that all the time. Chris Paul has controlled many games. He's not overwhelming you physically. Okay. Uh when you but it takes years. I think they've got two guys that have kind of figured that out. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, my favorite quote on this, Henry knows this really well because I've been writing about it for years, going back to ESPN. And I probably have said this before on the show with you, Gerard, uh, in the first Matrix, when Neo basically is being Superman, saving mm-hmm. the helicopter, Trinity's in the helicopter, mm-hmm. and, and he's just doing all these incredible things that defy logic because mm-hmm. you, they know the, 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 cons- the constraints of their human bodies even though they know they're in the matrix and Trinity says, you know, he know, he knows he's not the one. The Oracle told him that. And that's Lawrence Fishburne Murphy says, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. And, uh, Neil was walking the path. And I think Jalen Brown, I did not think of this until you started talking about him this morning. I think he's really like, Oh, I can control a game too. Now there's two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about it. Yep. Like they 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 are in danger of running away with the East. Mm-hmm. They're only just above Milwaukee now. Mm-hmm. And Milwaukee was missing Connaughton mm-hmm. and uh, and mm-hmm. Middleton just came back mm-hmm. his last game. Mm-hmm. Um but those two dynamic wing two-way yeah. players yeah. who both have improved Tatum couldn't dribble 2 years ago. Mm-hmm. He's so much better with the ball. They didn't play in the fi- they didn't play in in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Tatum this summer. They shouldn't wear down, mm-hmm. but that's the one danger, Gerard, to your point, And I think it's great. The single-minded of focus that that team has, as, ele- as uh, explained by Brown in the quote you gave, that is a danger of biting them in the ass if they just overwhelmingly try to win at all expenses, mm-hmm. meaning they play too many minutes. Mm-hmm. If they manage their minutes right, uh, I don't think they should wear down. Yeah. And it's going to be a hell, hell of a chance, hell of a time to beat them with two guys that can really control the game on both sides. And then, you know, and this dovetails into what I want to talk about is that when you have two players playing at one at an MVP, the other one at all NBA level, the rest of your roster, right, gets elevated, right? Guys who, and it isn't like the Celtics have a bunch of just like anybody's. I mean, we thought Al Horford was going to be out of the league three years two ago. Two more years, right? yeah. All right? I mean, yeah, two-year extension. Just got two-year extension. Still yeah. doing amazing things. At like they 10 have, a year, right? Yeah. They yeah. got Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, yeah. and Marcus Smart. We even mentioned him. I mean, they just And these have, are leaders. Yes. All of them. 
Yes. All of them are leaders, Gerard. Yeah. They just have so yeah. many dudes. They just yeah. got a lot of dudes who can hoop. That and that is problematic. And you converse that with Brooklyn, where you have one all NBA guy playing at all NBA level, and the rest is just like and if you have a Simmons who didn't play because he's still injured and Kyrie who's still not quite playing at at, at at his level, it's just not enough, right? Like when you have to count on Durant to do everything on both sides, it's just against an elite team like Boston, you just can't do it. Like it, you're not going to beat a team like that. And Brooklyn had their opportunities last night in that game. They were really good defensively, I thought. Making up for the limitations because they don't have a lot of plus defensive talent. But they all kind of cohesively worked together and really kind of limited that squad. But no one else besides Durant can get a bucket. And it's like, you, you, this is your problem here, right? Like, Well, Boston guards. Yeah, and Boston guards. I, I, Boston doesn't always guard. I think it's easy for them. But we know we know what they did last year. I don't know what they're ranked this year defensively. They're not great I, this year defensively. No, they're kind of coasting. And Robert Williams isn't there. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. Listen, they're not as good without him. Correct. But lucky him to have all these leaders around him. And it's a myth that leaders aren't good followers. I've worked hard at learning how to be a leader. I love being a follower. I love not having to be in charge. (laughs) Why? Probably why I'm happily married 32 plus years. My wife knows when she should take the ball and run with it. And I'm right there blocking for her. (laughs) And she knows when it's time to fall in line because I have a vision or whatever. Uh, Most lead. If you're a leader that isn't willing to follow, you're kind of a psychopath. (laughs) Like you're, if you're leading to be part of a team success, but you're not willing to be the follower for that same team success. Well, who the fuck needs you? And I don't get that impression at all in Boston. No. Like Marcus Smart knows he's not the best player on his team, mm-hmm. and, but but it's hard it's hard to question his his value as a work as a worker mm-hmm. and effort. Derek White is a beast on defense. Oh my god, he's so good and has led teams before mm-hmm. and has no problem following. And even even Tatum and Brown, when mm-hmm. everyone was calling for their heads. Mm-hmm. They seem to be pretty chill about the whole thing. Like, yep. And now they're laughing. They're looking at Giannis and Middleton, too, and saying, okay, guys, we see you. Mm-hmm. We're doing the same thing, and we're younger. Yeah. 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 And, and that's the thing. And I think Brown, I mean, if Jalen Brown, because no, I don't know that people, oh, he was drafted, what, third? So he was drafted third, high. Third, it wasn't yeah. like he was, you know, a, a No, but he's already right? better than I thought he might be. Yeah. and that's, He's really good. And that's the thing. You have two all-NBA level dudes at the wing. That. It's a position everyone's dying for. Yes, that is so yeah. huge. I mean, the, the Raptors have the most big wings. The Celtics have the two best in combination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is what LA Clippers thought they had with Kawhi and Paul George, right? Like, but hundred percent. Have a great able point. To- how, how many? How many Eastern Conference Finals have the Celtics made with those two guys? Oh my God! Is it four? Uh, four, I think. Is, yeah. Is that right? Four? Yeah. yeah. I think they yeah. made it. Didn't they make it? As Tatum's rookie year, they were there. Rookie year, correct. Yeah. So yeah. I mean. Yeah. These guys are playoff testers. They're not like they're gonna be like, oh, yeah. oh, we're gonna shrink. They don't know about the moment. They're fine. Like, this will be very interesting to watch. Anyway, kudos to the Celtics. A team coach on the other end of the spectrum from a leadership standpoint. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, Sham Sharanek tweeted out something uh yesterday that was somewhat alarming. Um that it, Trey and head coach Nate McMillan had gotten into a disagreement about whether or not Trey would get treatment and while he was getting his treatment, sort of walk through shoot around, right? So in that way, sort of be the leader as the face of the franchise of who Trey is. Um, Trey said, no, that's not what he wanted to do. Um, and as a result, they talked about, well, if you're not doing that, you're not going to play in the game, our, our next game. And Young just was like, well, he just didn't 
come to the arena for that game against the Nuggets, I believe it was. And I've talked about this before. I said last year, and this isn't because I love Memphis. I said to you, I said, there's something about the way that Jod does things and all his guys want to rally behind him that I don't see with Trey. And then a buddy of mine reminded me of something that happened Trey's rookie year. And I'd love for you to like, if you can remember this ever happening, coach. Trey hits a game winner his rookie year. This is rookie year, not even year two, year three. In the post, in, in the immediate aftermath, after a game winner, you normally see all the teammates rush out. Trey was celebrating by himself. There were no teammates near him at all. And I always file that away. I'm like, that's something interesting. I talked about last year when he came out after they lost their first two games after the conference finals run the year before. And he said, you know, it's hard to get up for the regular season after all we accomplished last year. And look, I'm not saying that he's 23 or whatever he is. As you always say, you can improve and mature and get better. Grow up, yeah. But these things, Coach, are not good signs to me. No, it's super insightful uh, and astute observations. Uh, We just saw the Pacers beat the Lakers on the – I think that's the last three-second winner we've had in Nemhard's three. And Henry brought to my attention how excited Benedict Matherin, who's going to be the Rookie of the Year over Nemhard, that's for sure. He may not win Rookie of the Year. Paolo and Mm -hmm. he are Mm -hmm. like the top two. But the genuine joy that Matherin had, and then I had a different uh, Pacers fan, because I didn't pay attention to how the team reacted, told me how excited Miles Turner was. Mm. And I thought, all right, that's says something about Andrew, mm-hmm. and it says something about the team. So I, I think you're exactly right. If you remember, going back to, I think, game one or two, I said Anthony Davis mm-hmm. had an and one and fell down, and only Troy Brown picked him up. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even dapped him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's since come around a little bit. We'll talk about that later, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a sign. And, you know, uh, I don't, we didn't, you and I, neither of us know all the details right. of the conversation, but I would tell you that coaches in the NBA are worried about a lack of accountability and it's their fault that they feel like, and this is management's fault too, for not supporting the coach the way Pat Raleigh did Eric Spolstra mm-hmm. when he basically said, this is our guy. Turned out to work out pretty good for yep. them. Uh, I, I think if Nate says to Trey, either you join us or, you, or you're not playing, well, if Trey made his choice, okay, we can make our choice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think a franchise afraid to hold players accountable mm-hmm. is a franchise doomed to never reach their ceiling. Doesn't mean they can't win games. Yeah. They'll never reach. They, someone needs to be sitting down with Trey and, and, say, and say to him, we can get a lot for you. If you're not happy here, then we're going to, at our timetable, mm-hmm. we're going to trade you for a lot of players. You're a really talented player. We'll be sad about it, but you're not bigger than the franchise. Mm-hmm. So either you're going to join us if we think you can. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think we're making an unfair ask, mm-hmm. that's a fair discussion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fair. I remember when Westbrook hurt his knee against Pat Bev in mm-hmm. that famous game, yep. when I thought OKC might win the championship against the Heat. They were 60 wins, and they were rolling everybody. Uh, Pat Bev knocks Russ out. Now, Russ sits up in the owner's box the rest of the series. They beat Houston. They lose to uh, Memphis in five games. And it may have been because he had just had ACL surgery or was about to have surgery. I don't remember the timetable for when he had it. And so they didn't want him down low where someone could run into him. But it may not have been. And I was very curious about that. Like, are you really invested? 
because they they you we just lost our leader if you're OKC mm-hmm. one our, our our biggest leader because Durant was quiet mm-hmm. and now you go sit in the cheap in the expensive seats with the owners that was weird to me are you, if you're all in you're all in and if you're not we can tell and so that's a fair discussion to have with Trey wake the hell up and really be all in or we have to start considering uh, other options yeah um in in that Shams uh reporting. Uh, he said that key personnel around the team believe that Young simply must find a way to become a more productive and positive face of the franchise. And that, to me, I'm like, look. It's a lack got, of leadership. You got rid of Lloyd, and yeah. you, got, you got friction with Nate. The common denominator here is you in both those scenarios. I'm not saying it's 100% Trey's fault, but something's got to change somewhere in this equation that isn't jiving. I mean, we've heard John Collins has been trying to get out of there ever since you got there, right? So something something's just up and i don't know you know if and how it's going to work out they've had some team meetings internally players only we'll see but that's something that just bears watching down in atlanta because i mean a year ago right we were like atlanta can win a title in the next few years and and they could they're they're still right there and they can get a lot better uh on this subject uh as you know a a former guest of ours ron stewart on Mm -hmm. troop uh he died tragically right before thanksgiving and I got a phone call. I got a text first from uh, his first ever point guard in seventh grade in his seventies. Mm. <laughs> Reached out to me. He knew he knew that I knew Coach Stewart, and um, he's now in his sixties. And he's sold it. His he didn't tell me for how much, but he had ninety some odd employees. He sold it for I think many millions, and wasn't ready to retire in his fifties. So instead, he um, he now coaches oh, nice. CEOs, <laughs> and he told me all about what he does. And these are, these are men or women who are running. He doesn't do Fortune 500, quite frankly, he said, because I just don't feel like traveling that much. Mm-hmm. So the mid-level size companies who are still making many millions, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I can do it virtually because they're trying to budget their time. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to them every other day or whatever. These CEOs call him or email him, whatever, and they just want help being better bosses, mm-hmm. being better employees uh, to their, to their uh, typically it's privately traded, so probably only so to employee to the owner, but uh, and they also he also works with the teams of executives working for the CEO, and uh, NBA players would be very wise to take that approach when you're Trey Young, when you're the seventh. DeAndre Hunter shouldn't have to worry about that. He's not the leader. This is Trey's team. He needs to uh, what what you just quoted some source uh, reporting right. He needs to get better at being the CEO of that team. Yeah. Uh, or they're just going to disappoint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's something that, 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 that bears watching. Um, Coach, let's talk about someone who, in our group chat, you said, I think he has the belt right now for best player in the world. And that would be Anthony Davis. He yeah. has been a monster um, yeah. over his last uh, several games. Outplayed Giannis and went over the Bucks, put up 55 and 17 last night against the Wizards. Here are his last nine games. 37, 18, and 2, 38, 16, and 4, 30, 18, and 3, 37, 21, and 5, 25, 15, and 3, 25, 13, and 4, 27, 12, and 3, 44, 10, and 3 in the aforementioned 55, 17, and 3. That's just stupid numbers. Yeah. Like, look, when he came out of the draft, my player projections, we started the show. The idea was that's who we could be, right? This two-way wrecking force on both sides of the ball. Who can shoot? So basically Giannis, but who can actually shoot jump shots and make them. And that's what he's been over the last two weeks. 
really all year because he's been playing lights out defense all year. Even the rest of that team yeah, has been not was. so great. Uh, look, if the Lakers are getting this dude, who is now, that is, that's all NBA first team. That's MVP candidate, yep. DPO. Yep. If he's that guy, well, back to what you said about don't count the Lakers out because that's pretty good. Right. The, uh, uh, when we published this on Troop, uh, the year that they won the championship going into the season, I believe I'm right in saying he was my pick to win MVP. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. He didn't deserve it either. LeBron ended up being the better player. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that. I thought we were going to get this AD. And I thought we were going to get this LeBron. I was wrong. <laughs> LeBron had more in him. He led the league in assists, I want to say. He did. Yep. They also were a great defensive team. They hammered, dunked everything. They blocked, led the league in block shots, I think, in dunks and won championship during the, mm-hmm. the, in the Orlando bubble. Uh, but this is what I projected AD to be. Uh, he, to your point on shooting, first of all, he's not been shooting the three great, but no. last night as a second huge lead, remember now they, they've won eight of 10, but one of those losses was to Indiana mm-hmm. up 17 in the fourth mm-hmm. when Nemart hit that three, uh, and they stopped throwing the ball at AD, which is a lesson there. Um, so they were, they were melting down in DC. Up 29, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And they, they cut it to 11 and 9. Two different times, AD hit threes and ended the big run. The second mm-hmm. one ended the game pretty much. I think it was down to 8 and they put it to 11 with like 4 to play, whatever. Um, he is at a point where early in the game against, uh, it might not have been, it may not have been the DC game. It might have been the game before. He didn't get every rebound. He didn't make a couple shots inside. It was glaring because he's, he's getting everything in his vicinity, rebounding-wise, mm-hmm. and it seems like he makes every shot inside 10 feet. Yeah. He is a monstrous force. Think of Giannis against Phoenix. Yeah. That's what it, AD doesn't necessarily play that way, but that's what it looks like. Nobody can fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's playing with joy. He's playing with a real confidence. The team, if you remember, we talked about this on the show, Gerard, when Russell Westbrook was saying, He's not really sure whose job it is to get the ball at AD. He's like, it's up to the coaches. And I called him out on the show. Like, no, like you shouldn't be rocket science here. This was weeks ago. <laughs> well, they know now. They know exactly. And, and LeBron, who's unfairly brilliant already with, with that still amazing body. He had two, of the three of the, or two or three of the best dunks I've ever seen him have last night. Mm-hmm. He's in his, in his you know, upper 30s. Uh, they all know who's, who's the best player on that team. Yeah. And then yeah. defensively, it's, it's a joke trying to score on him in the paint. A yeah. joke. He's, he's blocking your shot. He's stuffing you. He's everything. Make, and his touch around the rim is ridiculous. He's like Jokic that way. Mm-hmm. He's just a much better athlete. Oh, he caught, he caught a 13-foot lob yesterday, too. <laughs> so he's making shots all over the rim in traffic, but he can also jump to 13 feet and flush with one hand. Yeah. Now, it's two weeks. Yeah. It's a long yeah. season. Yes. Long season. But he keeps doing this. And stays healthy. Yes. That team is just a much, much, much better team for sure. And I think that is the sort of like, you know, if you want to call it naysaying and doubting that you may see on social about him, right? It's, yeah, give it two weeks. He's going to be limping in the locker room, you know, all the Charles Barkley calling him street clothes and all all, all that sort of thing, right? Like, we'll see if he's able to stay healthy. But I, I have to imagine, look, we talk about this all the time. These guys are super competitors. No matter what they say about I don't pay attention to shit. I don't read what people say. Well, you may not, but someone in your circle tells you what people are saying For about sure. you. I know, I know you know they call you street clothes, and people think 
you're soft, you're made out of plexiglass, you ain't that. I know you heard that. And I feel like this is him being like, MFers, I'm pretty good. Like, I, I'm, I'm still really good at this game. This could be his show me season. Like, I'm still one of these dudes in this league. So hopefully that works out for him uh, and the Lakers. Uh, you, you brought up something interesting about LeBron. Um, we talked about it last week and this week. You know, he he had some trouble and some tip dunks, right? He's just jumping off two feet is not a thing for him no, anymore. Not, right? not in that straight vertical. It right. doesn't work for him anymore. It just, yeah. listen, when you're 37, going to be 38, yeah. and you've played a gajillion NBA minutes, this is the reality of life. Um, but this interesting stat about drives to the game. Uh, in 35.4 minutes, LeBron averages eight drives per game this season, which is 75th in the NBA. Players who drive more than him, Westbrook, that's not a surprise, almost 16 a game. But Lou Dort drives to the rim more than him. Boyan drives more to the rim than him. Uh, TJ McConnell tries more to the rim. Cameron Payne, Shake Milton, Malik Monk. Um, and that's kind of surprising, right? Because LeBron, we, all, we always envision him as that freight train, locomotive coming down. You're like, oh my God, how am I stopping that dude? But you know, it's father time and life, right? He's still extremely effective though and very good at basketball. Just got to do it differently now. Can't be that locomotive I used to be. Yeah, he's just smarter too. He'll he just backs guys down, you know, posts them up that way. He picks his spots. Like I said, he has incredible dunks yesterday in transition. When he gets a full head of steam, he's still super athletic. I thought, I don't know if you heard me say this this morning, Gerard. I thought uh, the two dunks he had late in the DC game, the, mm -hmm. the Wizards game, it's it almost looked like he was trying to put the ball into the floor yep, and leave yep. a dent. He hammered it. It was so impressive. I thought he might hurt himself. His hand. It was, <laughs> it was so powerful. Um, but he needs he just needs a runway to do it. Uh, yeah, his game has evolved. Jordan's game evolved of too. Course, yeah. We didn't track it the way we can now, mm -hmm. but it evolved. Yeah, and um, he still outthinks most people. He's shooting it pretty well. They're shooting it pretty. They they're starting to get a little bit of an identity, and uh, this is what Atlanta needs. You know, when your your leaders have to show you how we're and the coaches how we're going to play. Yudoka really set a tone. I thought for the Celtics a year ago that still exists. We're gonna we're gonna beat you up. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this is where um, Trey. I, I don't know that he's ever figured that out, but they've got that in LA, and now they've added the component of okay, and we're gonna feature AD. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna beat you up in the paint because we're not great shooters. We're getting better, but we're gonna beat you up in the paint, and we're gonna just force feed AD, AD down your throats. And this is something that you astutely pointed out early in the season. You didn't like the leadership and the body language you were seeing from LeBron and AD right? You're like, they're disconnected from their team. They don't seem connected. Well, now that's sort of flipped around, right? And you it's see better for sure. You see when those, when your best players are, as David's definition of leadership, breathing spirit into the hearts and minds of others. When they're yeah. doing that, all of a sudden, everybody else is playing better. It's amazing how it works. And that's to your point. Trey's got to figure out as the best guy, Yeah, you got to figure something out. Maybe he's not a leader. Maybe that's not in his DNA. I don't know. Like, right, he's got to learn how to do that. I don't, I'm, I'm like you. I don't believe, yes, there are some people who are natural born leaders. Some people just, it's part of their personality. But you can learn how to be a very good leader. I'm a very big believer in that. Uh, I, I, I mean, for me, it was just, I was the first born. So I just, what choice did I have? I had to take care of two brothers and a sister when my parents would be out. You know, once I was 12 or 13, I was babysitting. Like, you're, you're hurting cats mm -hmm. when you're babysitting three siblings, you know, <laughs> who don't want to listen to damn word I say. It just was, you know, then basketball, whatever. Uh, yeah, experience matters. Trey, Trey is okay with being the villain, mm -hmm. and, and there's that that breathes spirit mm -hmm. because you're like, oh man, look at his swagger. I, I can have some of that too. But wh where's he at when you're struggling? Like we know Steph Curry's great at that. Mm -hmm. He, at, at, you know, where do you stand in a storm? Mm -hmm. Are you just worrying about yourself 
If that's the case, you're going to fall flat as a leader. And it's storming right now in Atlanta because you already got rid of one guy. And when you get, like you said, when you get rid of two, now it's on you. And we're not letting you pick the third guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. Yep. So uh, I, if you want to have a problem with Nate McMillan, I get that. Mm-hmm. But this is not the way to do it. Yeah. Not if you're a Trey Young. It's not smart. Agreed. All right, folks, stay tuned. We're going to commercial break. We'll be back to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans briefly. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys. Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists from my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. All right, we are back, and we talked about them at the top of the show, David. The New Orleans Pelicans, man, they are playing excellent ball right now. I just – and Zion's like – he's better than he was at the beginning of the season for sure. But as you know, he's not even all the way back to where he's going to be yet. Uh, they are fourth in adjusted net rating on dunks and threes, sixth in offensive rating, second in defensive rating. Um, they're – I just love what I'm seeing out of the Pelicans right now. And in Sunday night's game – Jose Alvarado had himself a night. I'm pulling up his stats right now. I believe he had eight threes, if I'm not mistaken. That 38 points, yes, maybe? 38 points, eight of 11 from three. And from what I understand, he wants to be known as more than just the gimmick guy who hides behind people in the corner and you don't see him coming. He snatches the ball from you and gets a layup and being that disruptor on defense, which, by the way, they need every bit of that. That is. That shit is annoying as fuck. Yeah, like, second on defense right? for a reason. He's right? a big part of it. Exactly. Like, I, like, you're a ball handler. You want no part of people like that. He just stops everything you want to do. But if he can figure out a way to do good things offensively as well, well, this is a whole different dynamic for this New Orleans Pelicans team. Well, first of all, you just jogged a memory of mine, and I think it's really a good thing uh, to talk about the Pelicans. Uh, so after my first year of coaching – um, our, our varsity team was just okay, but we returned everyone and we, and we got in a ninth grade stud who ended up being, you know, one of the, one of the greatest players in Florida history still. Um, and, uh, but we had, we, I, I was hired to teach our team good man-to-man defense. Our head coach said, I've never coached athletes before. He reached out to my old high school coach and my old high school co- called my dad. That's why I got my first job. I was born as the man-to-man specialist. I was all 22, but I did have four years of very good teaching for man-to-man defense. And I thought we played good defense that first year, but teams lit us up. And I thought about it in the offseason, all of 23 years of age, I was pretty <laughs> simple-minded. But I thought, uh, I don't think anyone's afraid of us. And so I asked our head coach if I could take the team to our spring league. Well, all the same county teams play, Division One players everywhere. Uh, I said, I just, I want to see if I can do something. He's like, yeah, fine. 
So we picked up full court, pressed everywhere, nonstop, all the athletes we had. We ended up going undefeated, winning a championship, and then won three titles in four years. And people hated to play us, which is exactly what I challenged our team with. I don't know if we'll win or lose, I'd say. Make them hate to play us because of how we defend. And so fast forward to right now. Jose is the biggest reason why you hate to play the Pelicans. Because the guy who has the ball in his hands the most, your point guard, has to deal with that son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And that is not fun. He, and that's exactly how he sees himself. I'm going to be the prick. We talk about this, like, sometimes with parents. Like, like your son's too nice. We need him to be a prick. We need to be – don't be a jerk to your teammates. But be that abrasive. You think Devin Booker is a friendly guy during games? He's trying to murder you. Well, he could do it with his offense. Very few players can do that. Right. Jose does it with his defense, and it sets a tone. How else to explain why they're number two? Valanchunas is their center. Right. When has anyone ever thought? Herb Jones is, is well, that yeah, guy. Herb, yes. He's unbelievable. There's two with Alvarado. Mm-hmm. Zion has really become a good defensive player. I don't know what his numbers are in Ducks and Threes, but I've looked at his games. He's an elite-level defender as I see it now, and it's only going to get better. Only going to get better. Uh, I Plus think that, 2.0 and 95th percentile on defense, Zion. Yeah, you can see it on tape. He is, uh, they just, they're buying in, they're executing their strategies, but they, they just aren't fun to play against. Trey Murphy is really oh coming. Oh, God. Really coming. And I'm a talk, I've got He's a, an athlete. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, what is he shooting from three right now? Oh, let me pull up Trey Murphy. Because mm. it was, for a while, it was over 40. Yeah, he's, he, uh, first of all, I, it's I, I wonder. It's up in threes, too, if you're already on that. You can just go to Trey Murphy. And uh, he that. is. Oh, this can't be right, is it? Yeah, 41% on six yeah. attempts a game. Yeah, that dude. But uh, he had two monster dunks the other day. When I say monster, like oh. LeBron-level yeah. monster dunks. His, his head gets up above. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're – yeah. He's he, he, is, he is – and so there's just this vibe about them. There's a joy that they're playing. That's why I'm writing about them this week. I don't know if I'm – I don't know if I only write about them. I have like five or six things to write about, but we're going to start with – with basically point Zion. Yeah. He's running the team. Ho, ho, to your point on Jose, uh, he is to offense the way it's a defense. He's a <laughs> chaos creator. That's not a good thing for offense, but yeah. come on, 38 points. Yeah. Oh, so here's my favorite thing about Jose. Uh, I don't know if we'll have this in the article, but I, I have it as a gif just in case we have room for it. Murphy has his second dunk, and I told you the game we just watched. And the camera's behind the Pelicans bench. And you see Jose Alvarado skipping like a little child <laughs> to go embrace Murphy. You never see the embrace on the film that I have, sure. but you see him skipping. <laughs> I love that. Skipping yeah. through the you know, victories. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. is something going on, and it starts with Willie Green. Uh, talk about culture building, accountability. He's got a uh, – as someone said to me before he ever coached a game, he's an A-plus communicator and connector. And in this league, if you're willing to get better at X and O's, which from my understanding he really is, boy, that's a huge head start to being a a, a connector, an inspirational guy, um, collaborator, worked with his coaches, worked with his players. There's a lot to like. And CJ is the adult on the team. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Very important to have that veteran presence in CJ. And he, he just knows how to play with all different kinds of players right like he's just his game is malleable enough in that way i'm gonna go back to this uh, you guys know uh new orleans was here in, in new york first game of the season to play the brooklyn nets yeah that's uh, right 
I spent time uh, before the game talking to coach's sons, Ryan Bonone and yeah, Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer. Yeah. And they were so hyped about this team. And look, I've been around this enough to know when coaches are just given their normal beginning of the season hype. And when they're given their normal, yeah, I love our team. You know, all the normal BS answers they give us. The reason why is this, this wasn't in a media setting. This is just us just shooting the shit talking. And they are so hyped about this team, but just how competitive they are. And to your point, how they're pricks in that way, not to each other, but when they play, no, we're tough. Like this is our, this is who we are. This is our identity. And they got athletes up and down that roster. Man, this is, look, this might be the future of the league. And look out, man. Like, this is a real, real tough team. And as they get some seasoning, because they're going to need some, as you mentioned, I agree. They, you're not going to show up in the playoffs without any any experience and just think they're going to waltz to a title. That doesn't happen. Like, they're going to, when you play the Warriors and these really, like, awesome teams know how to execute, you're going to, some warts will come out. But the more they get, like, this team's going to be very good. You know, all things being equal, health, everybody stays together, all the good right. things that you need to have happen. But I, I like what I see down there. Yeah, Valanciunas is just – that's the other thing is when you talk about hating to play someone, he's no fun to play against either. No, he's just so big. just an enormous yes. man. Yeah. It, listen, they're, they're fun. So if you guys aren't watching New Orleans on League Pass, and you should be, they're fantastic. Tune into the Pelicans. <laughs> so uh, everyone knows Henry's a, a Portland Trailblazers fan, and Anthony Simons is – oh, man, he is a hell of an offensive player. Uh, but Coach noticed something on film when they played the Utah Jazz. He was like, Damian Lillard wasn't in the game. Yeah. What what are you guys doing? That's some lazy ass defense on that dude. That's Anthony Simon. And he scored 45 in that game, but I'm like eight threes. He was 34, 34 in the first half. Yeah. It's like, hello, yeah. you want to guard that guy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just to be clear, um, I, I'm a huge Simons fan. Was when he was a rookie. I, as Henry knows, I really believed in his talent. I had no idea if he could learn to shoot. He couldn't shoot. He can shoot now. He's got everything though. His offensive package is, is sick. Uh, but it's it's made sicker. And if you're a Portland fan, when he's coming down the court and the guy who's supposed to guard him is standing three feet inside the three-point line. What are you doing? You're just asking him to be Giannis. But he ain't Giannis right. or Westbrook. Yeah. And then uh, they set a simple screen. And you go under the screen. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, you, you see, I think it was, um, I don't remember. It might have been Josh Hart. Someone was driving into traffic. And uh, the player marking Simons ran away from Simons, same side as, as the driver, to help on a guy that wasn't going anywhere. He just kicked out to Simons an open three. That's, that was just Utah terrible defense. And so that's something I always look at is what are you doing against good defense? Mm -hmm. The best players, and he's, I'm not criticizing Simons one bit. It, the, I'm just saying it's easier to do it when the defense ain't helping at all. So I always look at that as when the guys put up numbers, okay, how are they, how are they defending? Uh, he was helped a lot by how Utah did. And Utah isn't the same team they were. You know, they're, they're, this is what's happened. We're waiting to see where the other pieces we are, you know, fall to. Yeah. We're seeing some regression to the mean out, out here in Utah. Um, yeah. oh, it's so funny. I, I didn't have this in the, in the rundown, Coach, but I don't know if you saw this. some highlights that were making their way around the internet about Victor's Wembenyama's latest game. I saw and, Okay. The one-legged three yeah, that he did, I, he did not get fouled on, they called a foul. And, and I tweeted, I quote-tweeted it, and I mentioned you in it because the play, like, as the play's developing, uh, someone's passing the ball out to out to the three-point line. He's seven foot four, so you can't pass the ball low. You got to, you know, pass it up. He's, he's a tall dude. It's down on his legs down. He was able to get the ball, but this is your point that you made about, I hope coaches don't think playing him like Kevin Durant is the idea. 
too much dribbling out on the perimeter and like initiating offense out there, you're asking for trouble for someone seven foot four. You, that's, I mean, Jose Alvarado, my God, that's theft, grand theft auto waiting to happen. He's going to pick so. your pocket every yeah. single time because yeah. the, the dribble's too high. Well, and, and they don't pick his pocket, Gerard, they'll throw his rhythm off. They'll, they'll, they'll really disrupt his rhythm. Yeah. And uh, go ahead, make your point. No, I, no. I right. so it was yeah. just so Davis' point was play him more like Duncan Robinson. He's an elite yeah. shooter. Run him off screens. No one's going to contest his shot out there at three. And he can do that. So just a little word to the wise. I thought that was, that was funny. We're thinking about Alvarado. Yeah, just uh, get him involved in transition. He can dribble the ball himself. That's fine. Just don't let him be James Harden, you know, and Giannis. Dribble, 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 dribble. I, I Not early in his career, anyway. He can be super effective the other way. He'll still have his moments to dribble. Fine. Post him up, let him. Mm-hmm. That guy's down. But, yeah, if you think you're going to shake. I'm sorry. The guys he's playing are not NBA-level defenders. Correct. And, and they can't bring NBA-level help with size also. So I think that's what makes him an MVP candidate is he might grow into some of that, but there's a whole bunch he can do right now that almost no one has ever been able to do at that size, especially. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're talking about offensive killers and, and Anthony Simons. Well, you, you mentioned Devin Booker. You're watching some book tape uh, yeah. this morning. You know, I was thinking about this. So Cam Johnson's hurt. Jay Crowder's out. Um, DeAndre Ayton, he's playing okay, but he doesn't have that nightly disposition to dominate that, that, right. that you like to say. Yeah, but I'm like, how are they still the number one team in the in the West? Oh, they got Devin Booker. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I guess I guess pretty good at basketball. And uh, he he sat down with Sam Amick and and talked to him uh, after their most recent game. And I thought there were some interesting quotes that he said because these were things that again were worrying me about them: the Sarver situation, the Monty Da thing, the J Crowd, all these just weird things, and the way in which Dallas took their lunch in the conference semis when they were the best team. I was like, I'm worried about this team coming into the season. So this is book talking to Amick about the Sarver situation. I don't think it's fair to think that that would come between what we have going on in this locker room. There's too many level-headed guys. We have too many conversations that we keep in-house between the team. Like, we have a lot of educated people on this team. We're pretty close, and we talk about everything. Our group chat is going, and we keep everything in-house and talk about it there. And you know, a decision was made regarding the Sarver. That's really all nothing else can say we can say about it. Media day was tough. That's it, and we move on. And I just thought that that was a very mature answer. And, you know, book's He's been in the league for a while, but he was 18 when he got in the league, right? He's still 25-ish. And I'm like, not. I don't actually think he's the quote-unquote real leader, but I quoted another thing. I'm like, who is the real leader of this team? And I think a lot of the Chris Paul leadership stuff is rubbed off on him, and like he's matured to a level. I think Book is every bit a leader on this team. Yeah, I don't know how vocal he is Mm -hmm. as a leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, We also didn't see – we don't see Curry a lot. Um, and the cameras being right. super vocal, Correct. but we know that he is mm-hmm. off, mm-hmm. you know, behind the scenes. Uh, but Booker certainly leads with his efforts. Mm-hmm. He's a very, very competitive guy. He doesn't, he doesn't take offensive plays off. I've not focused on his defense as much, but they've been they've been a good defensive team with him. Mm-hmm. He offensively, he's just a monster. He, he, the way he takes angles is really good. Uh, he's never in a, he's rarely in a rush. He's physical with the ball and his body. Um, He's just, he can always get a shot. You know, he's one of those guys that can always get a shot. And uh, he just brings it. And there's, there's something to be said about if you're a teammate of a guy that you know, like what, what do they always say? Uh, uh, if you're in a war, you'd want him in the foxhole. Fox yeah, yeah. That's, that's Devin Booker, right? He's just always going to bring everything he's got. No, he, he's playing phenomenal ball right now. And again, the Suns are maintaining. And he talked in that article also, Coach, about the DeAndre Ayton situation. 
So this is book again on DA. I think he grew up a lot. He'll be the first one to tell you that it was just realizing what the NBA is about. You grow up and you're like, I want to play in the NBA, but you don't realize it's a business. There's things that go on. There's conversations that had to be had. And being a young top pick and coming in at 18 and him being all over his childhood from the Bahamas to San Diego, I don't think he realized that it's actually business. And that was good for him. I mean, he's got his money. He's in a great situation now. He's playing free. He's happy. And book talked about how he... He's like, he is like my little brother, like how he helps him with those things. So I think all of this is interesting because any one of those factors, coach, you've talked about how Boston was up 2-0, should have probably won the finals, right? Like, but didn't. It, you either fold or you come back, you double down, right? Yeah. Phoenix could have easily folded after last year, right? And that could yeah. have been the end of it. But it seems like, they, no, we're, we're still pretty good. We're doubling down here. I think you're right. Yeah. It says a lot about Monty and, and mm-hmm. James Jones, um, but also Book and maybe Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul has missed how much? Almost the whole season. Yeah, he's been 15 right? games. Like, yeah, he's been out for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, they're they're gonna they're gonna be a fighting team. You know, whoever makes the Western Conference semifinals and finals, you would think they'll be one of them. And they probably have a trade to make, right? So they can probably yeah, have, Crowder for sure. Yeah. They do. So yeah. you know, th- this this isn't uh this isn't all the end for for Phoenix. All right, you had an idea that we come to the table with. A team that neither of us knows what the other one's going to ask, and we do contender or pretender, and then we list our reasons why we think when you ask, and then you know the other person will, will talk about it. So I have no idea who you're going to mention to me, so I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> who do you want me to tell you about? <laughs> I've been boasting about I'm, I'm a good, willing teammate and follower and supporter, and I take that very seriously, so I would never hang you out to dry. <laughs> so my first... My the team you know best in this world, not that you like the best, <laughs> that you know the best is yeah. your team in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Are the Brooklyn Nets contenders? Because they've been playing better, mm-hmm. even though they lost against a very good Boston team. Are they contenders or pretenders? They are pretenders, and it's not because they're playing poor basketball, as you said. I just they're not talented enough to be contenders. That is their issue as currently constructed. So. Right. If I, I, granted, they can always make yes, a trade. Things ahead, can yeah. things can happen and change. Yep. Or your change could be Ben Simmons starts playing like the all NBA and all defensive player, and Kyrie plays like a borderline all NBA guy. If they get back to those things, that's a and Kevin Durant continues at his level, then yes. But that's not happening. I have one guy playing elite basketball, and that's Maybe. it. Yeah. And so based on that, no. But they are playing better as a team. They're defending harder. It's just that you can note you notice it, coach, right? The the glaring sort of things that, that they're not that they don't have, right? Number one being size. Look, Steph Curry can compete his ass off, Kyrie can compete. They're, they're all doing it, but they yeah. can't grow five inches. They are what they are. But isn't right. Claxton playing better? Claxton is outstanding. Yeah. Like deep. I mean, he and Kevin and when Ben plays, those are your three best defenders. Yeah. And that's a good thing if you have them, yeah. but Ben's not, you know, in and out of the lineup, all that. So they have the pieces there, but as they're currently constructed, no, they're not. But if things change, sure, they could be. Yeah, I think that's a fair answer. I would say the same thing. Uh, I would, I put it as I'm just not betting on Kyrie. Well, I, that, I'm more, that's, that's I'd more soon bet, I uh, bet on Ben. Yeah, being being what they need him to be, mm-hmm. not all NBA, but very good, high level defender, passer, mm-hmm. rebounder, uh, facilitator. Uh, I'm just not betting on Kyrie. If I'm wrong, fantastic. But 
he's not in his right mind. I, I have no reason to think he'll suddenly change. Well, it's been a slow decay for years. That's, I'm not betting on him. That's the thing that I I, I talk to a lot of the the, the media our, our media colleagues about. I'm like, how how long till the next thing? I'm literally just waiting. I'm like, right, it's nice and peaceful right now. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm like, it's coming. How long until the next thing happens? Yeah. And I just, you know, and it's unfortunate that that's how I'm thinking. But yeah, previous history has shown me it's right. going to be something every right. time. And that's just where they are. All right. Oh, that was easy. Come on. I, well, as I said, there's only 30 teams. So you know you can make up a team I haven't heard of, right? I have, I have thoughts about all these teams. All right. Let me have one for you now. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Uh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Even though it's a team that's like up there, I, I do really want to know what you think about them. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Contenders or pretenders? Man. I was so <laughs> nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say contenders with a qualification. Sure. Number number one, uh, they are what top two or three yes. in in, mm-hmm. in that rating. Yes. With a very tough schedule, mm-hmm. a lot of the teams above them, the few teams above them in the rating, have played much weaker schedules. Mm-hmm. So they they have, they can still get fat. Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna be number one in that rating when they start playing some of these terrible teams <laughs> two and three at a time. Um. Donovan Mitchell is a bona fide scoring machine in the playoffs. That that gives everyone some swagger. I've seen it. Utah may not have been successful. It wasn't because Donovan Mitchell could be guarded. He he's got a fifty spot for someone or a forty spot multiple for sure. times for sure. Uh, and he's playing great. Yes. And I think Garland is a terrific uh, teammate to him. I do. And you can hide their defensive deficiencies with what they have inside. Mm-hmm. Uh. The way, I mean, Mobley's just seemed like that guy that's not going to need much seasoning. He's going to figure stuff out. He's an elite defender. I love Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. And I think they've got a trade in them. Yeah. I think there's a move there to add the wing defender they, they need. need. They need the wing. Yeah. yeah. I think they'll do it. I think they'll find a way to do it. They'll, they'll pluck someone. Eight years ago, it was Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, it was P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to get that guy, whoever it is. Um, and... Uh, and 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 just solidify their experience side of things. So they need to do that. I don't think they could beat. And also, uh, they're not. They're going to contend. Boston's going to beat them in a for series sure. for sure. As we see it today, mm-hmm. it's a long way to go. We'll see who's healthy. But I I think it's a mistake to think they can't win a championship. No, I, I'm with you. And what I watch with with Cle- with the Cleveland, you know, because I, I we talked about this, Donovan Mitchell, and I was not as high on him. And I was like, mm, he seems just like a volume scorer to me. Like he's so much more than that. Like facilitating coach and he's giving an effort on defense. Now he's not just turn styling like, ah, whatever, who cares? Yeah. Like, and that to me, when someone's trying on defense, that's the sign of a team that's connected. Yeah. It's a big step. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I just look, you always want teams to not shoot themselves in the foot, right? Don't blow it up. Don't, don't jump too early, but they're good, man. And if you can figure out, what can we do in the wing? And by the way, Karis LeVert off the bench is great. Uh, Kevin Love up. I mean, they they got I, – I like how it's constructed. They're going to get Ricky Rubio back. I mean, you know, he's not like A-plus, but as your backup guard. He was really good for them before he yes, got hurt. Correct. I, you're right. If you can just figure out a wing, that's – I mean, look, everybody's like, if yeah. we can just Dean, figure out Dean a wing. Wade, <laughs> Dean Wade is out right now. He, and he was hands. helping them. Yeah, yeah. They have to find someone else. But, yeah, I, and Mitchell's also supremely motivated. I think so. After what happened. I mean, he was on the best team in the league for a couple of years mm-hmm. and got nothing to show for it. I think he wants to show. He's yeah. a he's a hell of a player. 
Yeah. Hell of a player. Such a competitor too. Like you just yeah, see it the way he plays. Yeah. I, I I'm Cleveland is a fun team to watch. Yeah. And if Mobley starts getting like his offense, even like it, then it's yeah. like, well, now you're lights out because he's I, I like this team. No, it's I mean, that's not hard for you. Come on. You're like, that was that was easy. <laughs> no, but the but the thing would be people would say, Oh, they're Cleveland, they've never made it, you know, since LeBron left. I I I that's his that's the historical view. I'm not yeah, a historian. We we don't do that. We're trying no, to protect no, forward. No, no. I'm looking forwards, and I, I like I like what they got going on. Uh, JB and actually his dad um, still scouts, and he was up in the in the media section in, in Brooklyn maybe a week or two ago. Um, up there, N- nice guy. Uh, but you know JB's coaching there, and um, Kobe Altman GMing. I mean, they, listen, the problem, as you said, right, leadership at the top. It seems like GM and head coach, you got good leaders yeah, there. They're in a good space. I think they're in a good space. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, stay tuned. We got some fun episodes coming up. Uh, Henry and I are going to be talking to someone who wrote a book about Charles Barkley coming up this week. So uh, you guys stay tuned for that. As David mentioned, tactics coming up uh, in a week or so uh, before we, we we break for, for Christmas. We're going to have some fun stuff. And the league, look, by Christmas, that's almost a halfway mark when we get there, right? So we're going to start seeing something on December 15th. That's when free agents can get traded. So Start paying attention to who's doing what and where. And then, of course, the teams that really want to tank, I think you're going to start seeing them do what they got to do. We've already started a little bit. (laughs) Right. We're going to start seeing them do what they got to do to make sure they're in the victor sweepstakes. All right, guys. Until next time. Take care.